Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Athelstead District Planning Committee meeting for the 21st of October. A uh, couple of bits of housekeeping before we start. There's no fire drills planned for today, so if the bells ring, it's exit through the double doors down the stairs and assemble on the grass circle where our fire marshals will direct you. All mobile phones should be switched off, please. Um, Councillor Lachlan will have hers on alert uh, because she may get a call from hospital. Right, um, lost my agenda. And it is, apologies for absence, uh, Adam, please. Uh, there's no apologies for absence, Chairman. Uh, there is one from Councillor Hicks, I believe. He hasn't mentioned it to me, but I'll he did. To, he did. I've seen it on an email okay. to Navy. Yes, he's got a, an operation today. Right. Uh, declarations of interest. Councillor Mills. Uh, yes, I need to make a declaration on the first application for Felstead, the um, 
owner is known to me and the architect. No fiduciary interest. Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, uh, I'd like to declare an interest on UTT 152449 at Littleberry, as I have known uh, Mrs Menel a long time, and also on UTT 151561 Great Chesterford, the same with Councillor Redfern. Any other members? If there is one, as you recall it, um, on the way through, please uh, speak up as soon as. Right, thank you. Right, uh, the minutes of the previous meeting were circulated. At this time, I'd like to express my thanks to Councillor Lachlan and Councillor Hicks for stepping in at the very last minute to run the meeting, as I was um, unavoidably called away. And my wife wishes to recall the thanks for members and officers for their inquiries of her well-being. And she's nicely on the men. Thank you. Right. Uh, can I sign those as a true record of the meeting? Thank you. I'll do that. And now matters arising. If we start on page five, page six, page seven. Yes, Chairman. Mr. Brown. Yes, Chairman. Regarding planning applications, um, well, specifically UTT stroke 15 stroke 2221 stroke AV Saffron Walden, that was the application at the National Westminster Bank. Um, apologies, there was a bit of a confusion in terms of how the application was actually presented. We've ended up in the same place that we actually wanted, but I'll explain why. The application was actually for an illuminated sign, and the resolution was to approve it. Subject to, the nom subject to the illuminated sign being non-illuminated. <laughs> Saying that aloud sounds ridiculous. The, you cannot do that. As an advert sign, you cannot do that in terms of making a non-illuminated sign non-illuminated by condition. What we, have done, what we have done instead has gone back to the agent and the agent has actually substituted that very, the, the, the subject, because there was, there was one sign that was illuminated, and have confirmed that that is not illuminated. So we have, don't have to do it at the condition the proposal is not for a non-illuminated sign, and the permission has been issued. So we've ended up in the same place, probably in a much more clearer way. Thank you, I think. <coughs> Page eight. And that concludes that. Thank you very much. Now, looking at our agenda today, um, we are, I am going to just bring forward one matter, which is item 4.2, um, and I'm going to propose from the Chair that we defer that matter um, until such time as the uh, information regarding traffic flows uh, to and from the site can be clarified for uh, satisfaction for all parties. Uh, does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor Davy, thank you very much. Uh, all those in favour? Thank you. Right, that matter is deferred then until next month. Right, item uh, 4.1, which is application UTT 150726 at Felsted. And uh, Mr Mills, you'll take us through this one, please. Thank you, Chairman. The application site is located off Chelmsford Road to the south of Hartford End. It accommodates a number of industrial buildings associated with a former brewery use. 
The proposal is to demolish all buildings on the site, with the exception of the facade of the original brewery building, which would be converted to accommodate one house and eight flats. That's the building in the southeast corner of the site here. A further 13 houses would be erected with associated garages, roads, parking and open space. No affordable housing would be provided because the developer has demonstrated that this would make the development unviable. This street scene drawing shows a view of the site from the south, which would be visible from the road and the public footpath which runs alongside the southern bank of the River Chelmer. You have the former brewery building here and then new development as well extending here and there's the original cottages. These elevations give an indication of the house types across the remainder of the site. A wide range of considerations are taken into account in the officer's report and the conclusion suggests that there would be both positive and negative impacts. Weighing against granting permission is the lack of opportunities to access employment, services and facilities using sustainable modes of travel. However, weighing in favour is the reuse of previously developed land and the positive effect of securing the future of a historic local landmark. Taking into account the policies of the development plan and all other material considerations, it is considered that the positives outweigh the negatives. It is therefore recommended that planning permission be granted subject to the conditions on the Section 106 agreement described in the report. Um, one addition I'd just like to make to that as well is there is actually within the substance of the report a conditions recommended for a detailed, uh, detailed scheme of construction, a method statement for protection of trees on the site, two of which are protected by tree preservation orders. Um, that condition is not in the list, so I would also recommend that further to the conditions in the report there is a condition requiring a detailed method statement for the protection of those trees prior to commencement of the development. Thank you, Mr. Mills. Now we have one speaker on this, and that is the um, agent, I believe, and that's uh, Mr. Robert Pomeroy. Do you have three minutes, Mr. Pomeroy? Okay. Good afternoon. My name is Robert Pomeroy. I'm a chartered town planner, and I'm here to represent the applicant. It's been some nine years since the brewery closed, and whilst there have been two planning consents issued on the site, redevelopment has failed to materialise. Previous approvals have failed to be viable, despite involving much more development than now proposed. Relatively speaking, this scheme is low density. The applicant has approached this scheme differently, but whilst working with officers on design and ensuring matters like parking and garden sizes meet required standards, advice has also been taken in terms of viability to ensure that the eventual development will meet market requirements and be capable of delivery immediately following planning approval. The land is a classic brownfield site, which is ripe for redevelopment. As such, the site was allocated for housing in the recently withdrawn local plan. The design retains the best of the existing buildings on the site and the site's distinct character and removes the less attractive industrial buildings. It should be noted that the proposals have not attracted any objections and the Parish Council has commended the scheme's design. As with the previously approved schemes, the applicant has worked 
alongside the Environment Agency and now the Flood Flooding Authority to provide flood compensation measures which ensure that development will be flood resistant going forward. Whilst a small area of agricultural land has been included within the site, this land is in exchange for the restoration of the former water treatment works which will be returned to agricultural use. The scheme as proposed has been fully tested by the Council's consultants and is deemed to be viable. It has been designed in collaboration with your officers and compliant with national planning policy. In terms of local planning policy, it complies with all development management policy and would have complied with the allocation in principle in the withdrawn plan. As such, your professional officers rightly recommend approval of the scheme. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pomeroy, and I apologise for the mispronunciation of your name. Right, members, any questions of the officers? Councillor Chambers? Uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, um, uh, I'm grateful for Mr. Mills. Uh, if that condition were to be added about the trees, then I'd be only too happy to propose approval. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Lockham, hand is up first. Do you wish to speak at this time? Thank you. Uh, Councillor Lodge. Um, thank you, Chairman. I think that uh, overall it's a, it's, it's a very impressive development. I think that um, um, it's got, it, it would make a significant uh, improvement to that area, the retention of the building. There's just one thing that, uh, that concerns me, and that's the issue of affordable housing. Now, then under 10.23, 10 there's, there's been a, a viability assessment and, and even a review by the council-appointed consultant. Now, um, a question, I looked, I looked on, the, on the planning portal and through the documents there. I may well have missed it, but I didn't find a copy of that viability assessment. Did I miss it? I'll ask Mr. Brown to deal with that one. Just to clarify, the, the viability validation that was carried out on behalf of the council is now on the website um, it, it was it was yeah it was put on the website I think yesterday um, now that was n that the, the, the real reason for that was originally it was put in as a sensitive document and it needed to be made public the reason why it wasn't made public earlier was because the request went to uh, the case officer who was on leave last week that is that's the only reason why it was but it is on the website now it is that we had an information as commissioner's decision some some months back elsewhere in the country which says such matters need to be made public and that matter has been made public yeah, if I may come back, Mr. Yes. Chairman, um, I, th I think it's a it's it's a key part of um, of, uh, of this application. You know, if the uh, if the developer was to assign this site over to me for a pound, I would come along with a with a, with a, um, a, a viable uh, scheme that would would provide the affordable housing that the community needs. Um, I really think that we should have an opportunity to view that, view that, view that assessment. It's, it's an important part of the application. I know there may have been a technical problem. I very specifically looked for that document. I couldn't find it. And so I would propose deferment until we can, uh, we can, we can see that. That uh, document we should be able to view on our iPads because it will be on the CMIS link that we've got to the Council website. Is that... Okay, fine, thank you very much. Okay, there's a request for deferment. Does that find a seconder? A seconded by Councillor Freeman. So all those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four. 
Were those against? And that matter of deferment is lost, so we will continue with the application. Uh, is there anything else, Councillor Lodge? While you well, if I could just come back again to say I don't, I don't understand how the rest of you can make a valid decision on this without seeing that document. And so I put that very strongly to my colleagues on this committee. We, we can look at it on our iPads. We can get the link up on the CMIS on the iPad. You can what, view it You mean right we now. want to do it now during this meeting so that we yes, can fully assess that? It, no, you don't have to assess it. It's an authorised uh, statement from a recognised authority. But I would suggest that whilst we can do it, none of the nine members has done that and it would be totally improper for us to make a decision without doing that, which is why I pr proposed the deferment. You cannot do it now in this meeting. Mr Brown, can you uh, I just, I just confirm to pick the... up the point you just made there. Um, the application, the viability assessment submitted by the applicant on behalf of the applicant was, was validated at the applicant's expense, but it was a, by an independent validator who is an independent validator. That is what they are. And they have concluded that it is not viable to provide affordable housing on that site. And your officers have looked at that and have advised that the information that we received from that is acceptable, and therefore that is why we are content with not to request affordable housing on this particular site. So in, in previous applications, we've, we've, we've had, we had uh, officers uh, saying such things that it wasn't even worth defending a 300-bed um, uh, development, I which was then turned Lord. down. So. I think we can only deal with this application that we have in front of us at the moment. Any other is irrelevant. Thank you. My point was about the principle, not about the specific development. The principle is there that we haven't had to look at it. I think this meeting this would be grossly wrong to approve it without having seen it. Well, you've made your point. Thank you. We'll move on. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yeah, I've got you down. Councillor Freeman was first. Oh, sorry. Councillor Hawking. Yeah, thank you. No, no, no. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Um, I think this is an excellent application uh, in almost all respects. Uh, I used to spend a lot of my professional life working in breweries, so I sort of have, find them quite familiar places. Um, it's a sympathetic uh, development. I'm told, I'm informed by other uh, members of the committee that various developers have tried this in the past and have found it a very challenging site to develop and make any money out of. Uh, so I'm very sympathetic with the development. I would love to vote in favour of it. But, and the but is, there are no affordable houses. I can understand that. Um, that site is obviously being developed as a prime site. Uh, but you can have affordable houses in other places and you can have a uh, contribution towards them. There is a single document following the submission of a viability assessment that's reviewed by a current council appointed independent consultants uh, consistent with affordable ha housing provision would render the development unviable. So the requirement should be waived in this instance. Fair enough. <clears throat> that's, that's fair enough. But that information I only learned about the availability of the document this morning by talking to one of the officers on the bus. Um, and it's a very bad principle, Chairman, 
to pull things out of the hat at the last minute. If it was a court of law, it wouldn't be allowed. There would be a recess, you go away and consider the evidence. Now, I'm not doubting the ability of officers to assess this, but if officers are so bomb-proof in assessing these things, then actually there's no point in having this committee. It may have everything done by officers. I would want to see that, and the principal, we had, some of us attended a lecture by um, your legal counsel, Michael Perry on the Freedom of Information Act and the principal chairman is that all information is freely available to everybody unless you can come out with a very good reason as to why that should not be. Uh, and that I would submit applies to this. That information should be available to this committee and I agree with Councillor Lodge that this committee cannot make a valid judgment, not on the development as such, but on the issue of affordable housing. And we do have a principle of 40% affordable housing, which is very seldom met in my experience. Uh, I think that we cannot make an adequate judgment without a view of that document. I'm not doubting anybody's views on it, but I want to see them for myself. Thank you. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I'm confused now. I was happy to second this application because I thought it was excellent and I did uh, notice that there is a financial contribution of 69,380 towards education, uh, which we always have to take into account. So I would perhaps uh, like to ask uh, Mrs Oliver uh, what she feels about the legality of uh, any decision we make here because uh, we do not want people throwing judicial reviewers. So before we do go to, I mean, we have gone to the vote, but I'd just like to make sure that everything is fine according to, uh, for the legal aspect. I think uh, this is rather problematic because the committee have not indeed had time uh, to look at the document. Uh, whether or not this, anyone would succeed in judicial review, I, I don't know. Uh, and who would challenge it anyway? But my opinion is that it would be better if the committee had an opportunity to look at that document, not having had an opportunity before. Thank you. Well, may I come back then? Because I, if I had known that, I would have voted for deferral. Uh, um, so I don't know what we do about that. Um, Councillor, I, I can't advise you on what you should do, but you are a seconder. Maybe that is a, a, a route that you could take. Right. Well, in that case, I, am I allowed to say that I won't second it until and ask for that it can, a vote can be put again for deferment. Right. Am I allowed to do that? The, well, the, then I will do that. The, the problem I see is that... What, sorry. Sorry, not for, not for deferment, but you are a seconder for uh, the, uh, the proposal to, to grant. And that was what I was uh, referring right. to. Well, then I will, refer, I will um, take that back. So the application lies with a proposer for approval without a seconder at the moment. So, Councillor Mills? I'm quite happy to uh, second the proposal. Um, and if I may, I'm well aware that the developers spent over half a million pound on flood protection here to actually stop this area which has flooded annually for a long, long time. I'm also aware that this is the third or fourth scheme that's come before. And for the first time, we've got a scheme here that's protecting the listed buildings, which is not going to be cheap. 
and I can quite understand why there isn't perhaps the money for the contribution. And that's the reason why, although I agree with Councillor Lodge on the principle, I'm well aware of how much money has been spent to make this project viable, and I think it should be recommended. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Mills. Um, my view on the matter is that um, if this committee continues to uh, cast uh, doubt on the ability and the opinions of the officers and the method in which they work, then we're in for a very rough ride and a very short life. So um, I'm happy to go to the <coughs> excuse me, go to the vote now that we have oh no sorry um, there was one matter I was going to bring up uh, I did raise it yesterday at chairman's uh, briefing uh, the second floor of the house number one plot number one if you could Luke could you um, get that drawing um, the, up for us the best I can do is just to show you on this site layout plan so it's this okay, area here yeah, I think there was um, oh whoops have you, Sorry. Have no, you that's a little closer there. Okay. Yeah, that, that terrace there uh, on the second floor of that rear flat, there's an overlooking, potential overlooking issue into the bedroom, or sorry, a playroom study area at the back of plot one. Um, and I'm just wondering if there was an opportunity for the window to go onto the flank elevation of plot one to avoid that. But if we haven't got the elevation... Um, have we got any details that have got to come forward for approval under the conditions that we can pick that up on? Details of external finishes? Uh, there's a condition on details of external finishes. I'm not sure if it would really extend to well, um, if it was moving in, a window. If it was no, if it was incorporating a privacy screen on the edge of the terrace, that might cut, fall under that. I mean, that's something that could be could be conditioned. Um, whether it could be addressed by the current suggested conditions, I don't know. It might be a specific or, one. Or whether we be put an extra condition in that... Um, that might be a better way of doing it, because it has its own specific reasons as well, doesn't it? We'll, we'll, we'd like to add then a, a separate condition, um, if we uh, do get to approval, that um, some work is carried out I don't know how you're going to word this, Nigel, but work is carried out to make sure there's not an overlooking issue at that uh, location. I suggest we have a condition that says prior to development, prior to the, possibly prior to the occupation of development, because we need to be careful in terms of, I don't think it justifies doing it prior to development, prior to the occupation of development, the, um, a scheme for... Um, a scheme for a, well, it'll actually use the word privacy screen, of a, of a scheme of privacy, a privacy scheme uh, be submitted regarding plots, and you've got the re relevant plots, and, uh, and I suggest you just do it that way as a separate condition. Fine, thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Freeman, you wanted to come back. Thank you for letting me come back, Chairman. Um, there may be a solution to this. I am very reluctant to allow this to slip away from us because it is obviously a scheme into which a great deal of work has been put by everybody uh, and there is no point in putting further delay into it. Could we not condition approval, you can do this I believe from the Chair, uh, subject to um, section 1023 uh, that the veracity of that report is verified, in other words just that we have a look at it, uh, uh, we are not doubting it, I am not doubting anybody's 
professional opinion on this, but I do think it's the principle of openness, as um, your legal counsel has suggested, is fundamental to a democratic process. Uh, so I think you could condition that, Chairman. We could vote in favour of this. And if it turns out that there is a question over this, officer, over this uh, consultant's report, then the matter may have to be revisited. But if we all agree that there is not, or the majority of us agree that it's not, then uh, the, the consent holds. That would seem to me to be a satisfactory way of proceeding. Yeah, I'm just going to have a quick word with our legal officer. I haven't missed you, Councillor Fairhurst. I misread my uh, deputy's writing. Could I suggest, I think what you mean by condition is a, it's a sort of condition on the resolution. So I think I'm looking at the proposal and seconder here. The, the proposal to approve subject to blah, 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 all the things we're going to do, subject to within seven days, say, no, no adverse comments be received regarding the veracity of that. Um, that I think that's probably, is everyone, well, it's down to the proposal to Yeah, Councillor Chambers, does that... Uh, Meet with your approval. Sorry, Mr. Chairman, if I, if I caused you some embarrassment by no, saying no, no. that, no, I, carry I on. didn't intend to do that. The, the only thing I thought about was that we are, I can understand what you're saying, but would it not be possible, we have a break during the afternoon for five minutes, is it not possible to actually read that and then make a decision afterwards, or is that not possible? I don't know. I just want to. No, we need more time. I would argue that's not actually reasonable because you're, you're talking ten minutes to read, and that's, they could read it in ten minutes, but you couldn't digest it. And okay. I, th I think it's a good. Right, hang on a moment. Right, just about through the chair, please. Thank you, Councillor Riles. I just want to say I agree with. Um, uh, Robert's proposal, um, but can we make sure it's circulated ASAP so we all get a chance to read it within the seven days, as opposed to just an adverse comments within yes. seven days? Okay, we'll, if we could, okay, we'll have another look then. Thank you. Right, Councillor Mills, are you happy with that uh, suggestion as a seconder? Yes, perfectly. Thank you. And Councillor Chambers, you're happy? Yeah, fine. And the other condition that we added. Uh, so we can now go to... Oh, no, we can't. Councillor Fairhurst. <laughs> I do pick up. I was going to suggest the same thing, compromise situation. Right, fine. Thank you very much. Let's go to the vote then. All those in favour of approval as uh, proposed and adjusted. Unanimous. Thank you very much. That's a satisfactory solution. Right, moving on to item 4.3 which is application UTT 15 stroke 2424 at Takeley. And again, Mr Mills, please.
The application site is located at the corner of Dunmow Road and Church Lane in Takeley. It is adjacent to an approved development of 10 dwellings which is under construction. That's the land shown in blue, which is also under the applicant's ownership. The proposal is to erect seven dwellings with associated garaging and landscaping. This street scene drawing gives an indication of the proposed designs, which would be similar to those on the adjacent site. Taking into account the policies of the development plan and all relevant material considerations, it is recommended that planning permission be granted subject to the conditions in Section 106 agreement described in the report. It should be noted that the affordable housing policy relevant to this application does not require a development of the proposed size to make a contribution towards affordable housing provision. However, on the basis that the proposal effectively forms part of a 17-dwelling development, together with the adjacent development, it has been deemed appropriate to require a financial contribution towards affordable housing provision as set out in the report. Thank you, Mr Mills. <coughs> we were due to have um, Councillor Jeff Bagnall from Parish Council, but he is unable to make it. And Adam, you are going to read a statement on his behalf. Uh, Takeley Parish Council are concerned that this is outside development limits within the countryside protection zone and adjacent to Church Lane, leading to the church and quite close to a listed building. The de developer has failed to demonstrate the need to develop in this area, contrary to policies S7 and S8, and by submitting two separate applications for dwelling, has failed to provide any benefit to the community in the form of affordable homes. The developer had agreed to retain and protect the established hedge all around the site, except for an entrance point. There are currently two wide gaps cut into the hedgerow to the front of the site, which is already partly constructed. Please can we make sure that the second gap will be returned to the way it was before the development started, i.e. a good landscape condition put on this application. A substation has been erected on this site and was part of its own application approved by UDC. At the time we raised concerns as to why one was needed when a brand new substation was being built across the road on the Bovis development. As yet we have not had our question answered. Thank you. And we have the agent, uh, Mr. Stuart Wilshire. And you have three minutes, Mr. Wilshire. Thank you. Good afternoon, members. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, my name is Stuart Wilshire, and I'm here this afternoon to speak on behalf of Taylor Wimpy in respect to their proposed development of seven dwellings at land off of Dunmo Road, Takeley. Um, Taylor Wimpy purchased the application site early early this year, which has allowed for the opportunity to provide an additional seven dwellings. Uh, this application is being determined against the need for the delivery of new dwellings, both within the Uttersford and Essex regions, but also across the country as a whole. It is noted, therefore, that the housing trajectory and statement of five-year land supply, published in April 2015, confirms that your council's annual housing target includes an annual allowance of a minimum of 50 windfall dwellings per year. The fundamental question that must be asked in respect to the proposed development, therefore, is whether the application site is a suitable location for development to take place. In this respect, and whilst we accept that the site lies outside of the settlement boundary of Takeley, it is our professional opinion that the site lies within a sustainable location, an opinion which is shared by your planning officers within their officers' report. The site lies within easy walking distance of a number of local services and facilities, including schools, shops and public open space, 
as well as boasting excellent links to public transport and the wider road network, which provide links to Bishop Stortford, Chancellor and beyond. The proposal can also be accommodated by existing local infrastructure. East Party Takeley has seen a number of developments within the last few years, which further confirms that the application site is a sustainable location and suitable for residential development. The seven dwellings proposed will therefore make a small yet important contribution to meeting local housing needs. The scheme is therefore supported by the MPPF with regards to the presumption in favour of sustainable development and the requirement to ensure an adequate supply of housing land is provided. Uh, the scheme has been consulted upon with your officers before submission, with officers supportive of the scheme in principle, subject to all material considerations being addressed. It is noted, therefore, that the scheme has not attracted any objections from statutory consultees, with in particular Essex County Council not raising any concerns in respect of ecology, landscaping, education, heritage or highways matters. Officers have also confirmed that they are satisfied with the design of the dwellings as well as their proposed housing mix. Furthermore, the scheme will provide a financial contribution of £125,000 towards affordable housing, an offer which has been agreed with your Head of Planning. Overall, in line with national policy and the MPPF, the presumption should be in favour of supporting the proposed development. Members are therefore invited to endorse the recommendation by the planning officer and approve this application. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right, members, any questions of the officers? Uh, Councillor Lotton. Thank you. Um, well, uh, firstly, um, the Countryside Protection Zone was considered important enough to have its own policy, um, which is uh, part of S8, well it is S8, which says um, uh, the area and boundaries of the Countryside Protection Zone around Stansted Airport are defined on, the, defined on the proposals map. In the Countryside Protection Zone, planning permission will only be granted for development that is required to be there or is appropriate to a rural area. There will be a strict control on new development. In particular, development will not be permitted if either of the following apply. Um, and I know we don't take into account the airport here and um, because it's it does say about coalescing with the airport, which it doesn't. But it also says it would adversely affect the open characteristics of the zone, which I believe it does. So I do believe it is, in, uh, it is contrary to policy S8. But also, on page 73, I've got a paper copy here because I was going cross-eyed trying to look at all these on the iPad. 10.2, um, um, and the officer's appraisal, it says the proposed type of housing development does not require a rural location, but I think it says in policy essay that it actually does, and it says, nor is it a, an appropriate form of development in a rural area, taking into account the examples identified in the justification for the policy. So what does that mean? You're saying it's not appropriate? Well, if it's not appropriate, why are we being asked to... Uh, why you recommended approval. If it's inappropriate, it's an inappropriate development in the countryside protection zone. That's the end of the argument, surely. Mr uh, Luke Mills, yes, thank you. Mr Mills. Uh, yes, quite right. Um, the report does state that it breaches that policy. Sorry, However, you're not just saying it's breaching it, you're saying it's, it's not appropriate. You're saying, yeah, it, yeah you, residential development of the type proposed 
we would not say is appropriate in that, to fit into that description. So, in principle, does not comply with policy S8. That's correct. However, the report accepts that. It goes on to state that it, for that reason and a couple of others, the proposal does not accord with the development plan. Okay? But then it also starts to bring in the National Plan Policy Framework, which came in since, and that says how certain policies, when, they're, or when, when relevant policies are out of date, and to an extent our housing policies are in the restrictive nature of them, um, you then have to take a, a wider view of what the site-specific impacts are and everything. And so it's more on the site-specific impacts of this development being um, a small area between Church Lane and existing approved development there that it was considered that the actual harm to that area of the countryside would be rather limited and it's on that basis that the conclusion is made. So you're quite right in what you say and that has been taken into account in the recommendation. Yes, you wish to come back, Councillor. Thank you. Yeah, yes, I do, because, uh, as I said, this, uh, is a, this is a policy that we particularly wanted to protect the countryside protection zone, and it comes up in quite a few um, applications. It's outside development limits, but I know that we do build outside development limits. But uh, it does worry me. I mean, this is our local plan. It might be getting a bit decrepit, but when the inspector threw out the last one, this is now all we have. And we have no guarantee that he might not throw out the new one that he's been worked on. So we really have only this to work on at the moment, and it very definitely breaches policy S8. So I'm afraid I can't vote for this. Mr. Brown, can I, you... Uh, can I just clarify, that's not all that you've got. You've got the MPPF. And the MPPF... I know does, that. Yeah, no, so the MPPF it does so presumption in favour of sustainable development. In the context of this, you do have an application with um, 10 houses adjacent to this site, and you have an application for 100 houses opposite it. So members just need to look that in that context. Um, but, uh, but it's a difficult way in up balance, but it's not just a question of saying it's S8, so therefore it breaches that, so therefore reject it. So it's the principal issues, yeah. Any further comments, uh, councillors? Councillor Raj. I, I would just like to go along with what Councillor Loughran has just said. Um, I find it uh, amazing, really, or maybe just unfortunate, that, that uh, once there was an application for 10 houses um, which didn't need to worry about uh, affordable homes, um, and then a little bit later on there's another application for seven houses, which again doesn't need to have an application or it would be unviable um, for affordable housing. Now, if you added those two together, that would have been 17 uh, buildings and I think would that not have meant that affordable housing would have to be provided? Councillor, uh, uh, Mr Brown will answer that. It's a matter of timing I think you'll find. It's That's unfortunate, words un the word's unfortunate, yeah. Um, this, these are, and, it, and I'm, I'm not going to raise any aspersions upon the developer or the landowner, but this in, in essence is plots 11 and 17 of one development and, and I think this is, is clearly seen as one development. When we approved the 10 dwellings, that was during that snapshot of time where the government was actually saying we couldn't actually seek development of less for any development of 10 or less. Full stop. We couldn't have sought any. Otherwise, we would have sought 20% of those houses, which would have been two. 
Um, we've now had an extra seven added to this. Now, had we took the 40% route, because you've got 17 houses, which is 40%, it would have meant all seven of those would have had to be in affordable houses. Now, I know we've had discussions today about viability, but I think everyone in the room would accept that seven affordable houses provided by seven and no market dwellings wouldn't be viable, and that just wouldn't have to be, wouldn't have to be proven. So, therefore, we've had to insist that we have to go down the 20% route, which is only a single unit. It's 1.4 unit, units, which becomes a single dwelling. And that's why we've gone for a contribution. So it's, it is unfortunate because of the timing, because I think if we got 20% in the first time, we could have potentially have ended up with three. Yeah. Does that uh, uh, it doesn't answer my questions the way I'd like it to be, of course. Well, no, obviously, um, but it does um, answer your question. I think if it was presented as 17 um, in the first place, then obviously we'd be, we'd be having a different conversation. Um, notwithstanding the, uh, the non-contribution towards... Um, uh, affordable homes. I think, I think we can rely safely on policy F7, S8, as my um, colleague um, Janice has mentioned. So, can I propose a refusal of this application? Okay. We, um, if you're going to qualify that with uh, policies S, sorry, H1, S7, and S8. Okay. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Freeman, you want to second that? Fine, thank you. Do you wish to say something at this stage? Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, the word has been used, unfortunate. Sometimes things in life are unfortunate, but quite often they are also by careful design. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, this looks to me like 17 houses, not 10 plus 7 houses. Uh, and splitting it into two parts and putting a suitable amount of time in between them. And, of course, legislation changes too. I mean, if you wait long enough, uh, development is a, a, is a long game, Chairman, as we all know. Um, but I think um, it's outside of the um, development limits. It's development in the countryside. That is, generally speaking, proscribed. Uh, and uh, we are very far behind, in my view at least, on affordable housing in Arlesford. And so I'm always very reluctant to give up opportunities to get so-called affordable housing incorporated into development. I'm very happy to turn this down at the moment. Thank you. Sorry, Chair. Can I say something? Yes. I actually had my hand up quite a long time before Councillor Freeman put his hand up when you were asking for a second. So I'm a bit miffed about that. I do apologise if I missed you out. Um, you did. Do you wish to speak now? Well, no, just to say I'm quite cross, and I was going to say something about the MPPF as well. Well, say it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well. Yes? No? Yes, carry on. Yes? It says it is highly desirable that local planning authorities should have an up-to-date plan in place, which we don't. So you're saying about the local plan and the MPPF. Well, in the absence of an up-to-date local plan, we have to use the old one, which is what we're doing on every single application in this pile of papers. I, yes, I am quite cross that, I, that you didn't see me. Uh, I mean, I've apologised, but I failed to see how it affects anything. Yeah. Chairman, I'm happy to um, defer to Janice Lachlan, Councillor Lachlan, in this matter, if she wishes to say Yes, we, we need clarification. This has been proposed by Councillor Riles. Who is the seconder? Thank you. I would love Chivalry to second that. Chivalry wins the day. Fine. 
Thank you. Seconded by Councillor Lachlan. Okay, we'll go to the vote then. All those in favour of refusal for the reasons given, please show. One, two, three, four, five. All those in favour, oh, sorry, all those against refusal. And that matter is refused. Can I just clarify the refusal reasons on that one? It was refused because of policies S, because it's contrary to policy S7 and S8 and policy H1. Just wanted to clarify that. Fine, thank you very much. So we move on to item 4.4, which is application UTT 15 stroke 2526 at Great Kenfield. And Mrs. Marshall will take us through that one. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Okay, the site is a rectangular plot of land, approximately 0.9 hectares in area, located off a private cul-de-sac south of the B1256. The site is currently occupied by one gypsy pitch. Um, and there is additional two pitches um, which are currently under construction. Uh, the boundaries are landscaped with mature vegetation which provides screening from both the neighbouring properties and also the road. The proposal is for an additional two pitches um, which will bring the number of pitches on the site to five. Uh, the proposed pitches will be approximately 0.25 hectares each and will be located on the west of the approved pitches, which, so it's these two pitches here that we're talking about. Uh, the principle of gypsy and traveller pitches on the site has already been established and this application is to assess the impact of the two additional pitches that are being proposed on the surrounding location and the residential amenities of the neighbouring property. Uh, officer cons officers consider that uh, this development will not have a detrimental impact on the rural location or on the residential amenities of the neighbouring property and that the need for gypsy pitches outweighs the harm created. Uh, access to the site is by private access which falls outside of the Highways Department remit and Essex County Council's Highway Department do not, have not objected to this application. Officers consider that this proposal is in accordance with both, both national and local planning policies and is therefore recommending approval subject to the suggested conditions. Thank you very much. We have uh, our first speaker is an objector, Mr James Kellerman. And you have three minutes, Mr Kellerman. Mr Chairman, uh, members of the Council, um, I am a resident of uh, Kentfield Drive and I object to this application. It is important uh, you council members have read the seven year history of this site because in the council's relentless desire uh, to fill gypsy and traveller uh, quotas you've completely abandoned all your previous recommendations relating to planning issues. For instance, when the planners turned down an application for four small houses in May of 2010, the reasons were sound. Access, countryside, sustainability, and these were upheld, and they were turned down. But I don't know whether you, as a committee, have read that previous uh, application and the reason it was turned down. You are now asked to approve five mobile homes of similar size and occupancy, and I don't see how you can justify that. Same footfall, same needs, same unsustainability as defined earlier, 
It defies any logic in terms of planning, and I believe it's corrupt thinking, it's bad planning, and it's very inconsistent with what has gone before. The same suppression of planning rules runs through each of the applications over the last seven years, and it's a travesty of this planning process. Rationalisation of the approval is then forgotten for the next and subsequent episode, and it's very reminiscent of the satirical um, book Animal Farm, where we can say four houses bad, five houses better. It makes no sense. You are, you're contradicting what you've done in the past. You cannot abandon the principles that you relied upon for the previous decisions. Um, one site with good landscaping and green spaces was fine, three sort of accepted, but now you've got five and you're just ticking a box. The government has changed the rules and recommendations with Gypsy and Traveller sites in September of this year, and I don't know whether you've read the uh, publications, um, that the non-travelling gypsies should be treated in the same way as the fixed community when it comes to planning issues. And this should result in a significantly less demand for this sort of site. The last chairman, Jackie Cheaton, insisted that a site visit be undertaken as the access was declared unsuitable for four houses in the previous applications. Uh, and by the way, I just wanted to point out to you, as you may have seen this morning, that the other two pictures have still not been uh, completed, demonstrating a complete lack of need. Your planning officers exhibit contempt for the facts and a staggering arrogance in asking you as a responsible committee to approve this application after all that's gone before. You will expose yourself to great loss of confidence of the ordinary residents of Uttlesford. In October 2008, May 2010, July 2011, October 2012, October 2015, seven years of misery and uncertainty for the residents of Canfield Drive. I've stood here on several occasions and asked you to examine the evidence of these applications. I want you to question your planning officers on the validity of the evidence they've given you today. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kellerman. Our next speaker is from the Parish Council, and that's Councillor Robert Mackley. And you have three minutes, Councillor. Thank you. Apologise. I'm a little bit nervous, so if I stumble, please bear Don't with worry, me. Don't worry. Take your time. Yes. Great Canfield Parish Council is against this application. I will not repeat the entire response of the Parish Council, as I hope you have all read it. I would, however, like to reinforce several points. That Canfield Drive is a private, unmanned, made, uh, made road, uh, well, driveway, that is not suitable for yet another two dwellings. The placement of two further pitches would be an overdevelopment of this site. The consultation for planning and travellers include a section about harm caused by not applying the law fairly and equally to both settled and traveller communities. If further pitches are granted, it shows bias towards the travelling community. After the scrapping of the latest consultation recommendations, which were not, I add, approved by committee, there has been a change in redefining traveller status that has led to, to a new consultation being sought. Surely the committee will have to wait for this before establishing how many, if any, and where any new peaches are now required in this district. Whilst the Parish Council wants a good relationship with the Planning Department. We feel they have ignored ours and local residents' concerns. Increasing this site to five pitches is a convenient way 
for adding to the list whilst eroding the shortage that supposedly existed before the new redefinition of traveller. The site is, in my view, has a very murky past. Mr Bosworth, the applicant, has confirmed on many occasions he was encouraged to put in the previous housing application for four houses with the knowledge it would be refused for various reasons, including, please note, access. The last two pitches previously granted haven't been taken up and used, which is quite remarkable after all the effort taken to discharge the condition for the family only. And I doubt that the two extra now applied for, if granted, will be either. This is a box-ticking exercise for the planning department, and I suspect a value-enhancing exercise for the applicant. Can I ask why a Section 106 agreement isn't being sought as a condition for the planning department's recommendation? A recent application for seven homes in this parish had a recommendation for approval only with a £250,000 106 agreement as a condition. How is this any different to an applicant for two for any different when an applicant for two bricks and mortar would get the same? I am aware that individual pitches can be worth forty thousand plus, but cost hardly anything to establish. Would it not be unreasonable to seek, say, five thousand, ten thousand pounds as a one oh six agreement? We the parish council could always have always argued against an increase in pitches, and would be making the same arguments at an application for two bricks and mortar dwellings. You have visited this site today and I hope common sense prevails. If it doesn't, can we please ask that CAP is put on any further applications? Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Uh, our last speaker is the agent, Mr Perrin. And I can give you six minutes if you wish, Mr Perrin. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the offer. I'll try and confine myself. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon to you. Uh, the application is recommended for permission. So I will address the main concerns expressed by objectors. I'm fully aware of the past local opposition to this site, but it is a fact that permanent planning permission exists for its use as a gypsy caravan site. The principle of its use and location are not therefore at issue. Neither is its use for three pitches since this number has permission. Neither is the question of proving individual gypsy status as the site is not limited by personal condition. Neither is the government's updated travelling advice, which still requires planning authorities to use a robust evidence base to provide more private sites and to avoid the green belt. Your council does have an evidence base and it does show a shortage of sites. Furthermore, an independent assessment of potentially suitable sites undertaken uh, by PBS includes Tandans as one of its options for more provision. It advised that the site could be extended by two additional pitches and should be safeguarded. The site is not in the Green Belt, whereas other potential sites are. I believe these assessments should carry significant weight, albeit that your plan has to be finalised. In truth, the only issue that ought now to be under consideration is the potential impact likely to arise from the two additional plots proposed. Many objectors have referred to traffic, but highways raise no objection. I accept the access to the site is a single carriageway, but there are places where vehicles can pass. It is lightly trafficked by slow-moving vehicles. I am told it is used every Tuesday by the refuse lorry. Yesterday there were removal lorries there, and there have been no accidents in the past five years. 
The two extra pitches will generate a small number of extra cars and the occasional movement of a touring caravan. I emphasise highways have raised no objection. Others have claimed overdevelopment, but there is ample space, about 125 square metres per pitch, plus a retained open paddock at the site entrance. Others say out of character, but this site is now part of the prevailing character, and the two pitches will be of the same size, style and appearance as the three already approved. Others claim precedent, but each site has to be treated on its own merits. Other objectors refer to reasons for refusing an earlier application for four dwellings, but the applicant was required to make that application as a condition of his purchase from Essex County Council, and he never appealed the decision. Others refer to financial contributions by a 106 agreement, but this has not been requested now or in the past, and the applicants will be putting in their own infrastructure in any event. In my opinion, your officer's report has taken account of objectors' views in making the recommendation for permission. It has recognised the main issues. There is a need for more sites. The site is a sustainable one. It can accommodate more pitches without causing environmental harm. The access is suitable. Existing residential amenities of neighbours will not be unreasonably affected. I ask that you agree the recommendation. Thank you, Mr. Perrin. All right, members, over to you. Any comments? Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Sorry, it does seem to me, be me a lot. Yeah, I, I must remember to look left. <laughs> uh, well, firstly, I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't like to hear our officers insulted from uh, the audience because I don't think they realise the amount of work that goes into a planning application. We don't always agree with them. That's why this committee exists. But to call them box ticking and insult them, I think is grossly unfair. They're in no position to, to defend themselves. And I just wanted to say that before I go on to say what I wanted to say. Um, I visited the site. I thought it was fine. Okay, there were a couple that weren't built, but it took us quite a long time to build our extension because we had to do it as we could afford it. Um, uh, the the traveller, I don't know where, dwelling, what is that, that is there now, where it was spotless, it was, it was lovely, I'd like it myself. And if they're all like that, then I'm very happy to say well, that I will propose this recommendation. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Lachlan. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Freeman? Thank you. Would you wish Mr. Chairman, I'm happy to second the application, if Thank I you. may briefly. Please do. Um, <clears throat> it was explained to me many years ago when I first became a councillor that one council does not bind another, and that may not apply so much to planning, but the decisions of one council do not necessarily get carried over to subsequent ones. Uh, situations change. This particular site uh, looks to me to be very suitable. I'm not practised in these matters but it does seem to me to be ideal for the purposes for which it is uh, being put forward. And we do have a great shortage of suitable sites in Uttlesford for travellers, and I think I'm allowed to say travellers and gypsies. Um, it does underlie the need for us to evolve a policy, a robust policy concerning traveller sites. Uh, that's something which hopefully we are working on, but it needs to be urgently brought forward, I think. I'm very happy to uh, support this um, application and this motion. I think we should vote in favour of it. Thank you very much. Any other comments, councillors? I did note that in the refusal referred to for... Get my iPad down quickly enough. The application for four dwellings, one of the reasons for refusal was 
a loss of traveller sites. So um, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Um, so if there are no more comments, we'll go to the vote on this one. All those in favour of approval, please show. And against? Uh, any abstentions? Thank you. Should that be... Should it, that's only eight in your count. Eight abstention. No, seven and an abstention, you Yes, um, when I was counting. So it's 8-1. 8-1. That, that, uh, that application is approved. Thank you. Right. We now move on to item 4.5, application UTT 15-2152. That's an application for full planning permission at Newport. And Mr Alana, you will take us through this one, please. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, audience. Um, I, need it, I need to establish some foundation on this particular recommendation following the issues surrounding my uh, report and the conclusion. And I'm, I'm going to establish a foundation based on policy S7. Um, the only statutory instrument that the authority has at the moment is the local plan adopted in 2005. And subsequently, the council decided to review this particular policy in line with the national planning policy framework. The conclusion that came out of that review of policy S7 is that it's partly compliance to national policy guide, I mean NMPPF, and uh, partly restrictive. If we look at the national policy uh, NMPPF, what it tends to say is that development can, can be considered acceptable in principle within the open construction site if it's appropriate, provided it's not going to harm the character and the appearance. If we look at policy S7, adopted in 2005, it's more or less more restrictive. But towards the end of it, you will come to realize it stipulates or confirm that a development can be considered acceptable within the open countryside provided it's appropriate in terms of the impact it will have on their character and appearance of the surroundings. Having established that foundation chair, I'm now going to present this application. The application site before you in land use terms is located within the open countryside which means policy S7 applies. If you look at the particular application site, it's characterized and very close to existing built environment. In, 2000 and, uh, in 2009 and 11 respectively, planning permission was granted on this site, one dwelling and two dwelling respectively, but it wasn't implemented. I repeat that again. In 2009-2011, approval was given for a residential development on this site, but it wasn't implemented. In 2014, a, development, a residential development was refused 
because it, it is within the open countryside and the likely impact it will have on the residential amenity of those properties that I'm now pointing at. I will take this to be that it's a revised application of the previous one that was refused. The application before you today is only one dwelling. In my report, I've established that okay, it might be considered uh, too large for that location. However, in that report also, I was able to establish that the distance between this development and, the, and all the existing residential development here ranges between 25.5 and 28 meters. And that complies with the excess design guideline in terms of pro protecting uh, the amenity of residential dwellers here. I'm aware that the council currently is advocating that we have adequate housing land supply in terms of our forward planning. In terms of the scale of this particular application, the mass and the layout. Having considered the character of the surrounding area, it is your office's opinion that the design before you is considered appropriate in that location because it's one dwelling. And in my conclusion, Chair, I'm saying that this particular one dwelling will not be prejudicial to policy S7. This is not a precedent I'm setting, but given the background of the history that I've presented this afternoon, I recommend this application for approval. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Alana. Now we have one speaker on this application, which is the agent, Neil Cook. Do you have three minutes, Mr. Cook? Good afternoon, Chairman and members of the Council. Um, my name is Neil Cook, I'm from New World Architecture and I'm the acting agent for this single dwelling. Um, apologies if I repeat anything that Mr Alana has said. Um, I'll try and be brief. Um, planning approval was granted for a much bigger house and a garage on this very site, but lapsed only a few months prior to us putting our first application in. We've worked very hard alongside the planning department um, and produced a house, a design of a house that represents uh, a less harmful form of development um, and it's a scaled down footprint um, and, uh, than was actually there before or was approved before. Um, as you're aware, the application is for a single dwelling and a garage building. The dwelling is around 28 um, metres and 25 metres away from the nearest neighbours, uh, neither of which raised any objections to the scheme. Um, the site is well screened and there's no overlooking issues um, and it complies with the Essex design guide. Um, the driveway and the access all currently exists. Um, it's a sustainable site um, on previous garden land. Um, the applicant acknowledges that there has been some concern from neighbours regarding the existing roadway surface um, and as a result we will now be tarmacking the entire road leading up to the development um, in its entirety all the way down to the junction of London Road and this will be done as part of the works. 
Um, just picking up on a couple of the sort of parish council objections, um, it suggests that Bishop's Way isn't actually a roadway, but it has been registered with the council. Um, and the other point about the drainage, the foul drainage and surface water drainage, any work um, carried out on these systems will be done um, in strict compliance with the Uttersford uh, Building Control. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cook. Okay, members, uh, open to you. Any questions? Any comments? Any proposals? Councillor Chambers. Mr. Chairman, I propose uh, approval. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Fairbrass, thank you. Do you wish to speak at this time? No? Fine, thank you. We'll go straight to the vote then. All those in favour of approval, please show. Thank you. That matter is approved. We're now going to move on to item 4.6. It's application UTT 15-2045. It's an application for full planning consent at Stansted. And Mrs Marshall, you're going to take us through again. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, the application... The application is for the erection of stable blocks and um, change of agricultural land to equestrian and it is within a wider um, agricultural plot of land. The area is demarcated in red. The application site um, is just east of the M11 um, between Stansted and Elsnum. Uh, the M11 runs along here. Uh, the rest of the site will remain as agricultural land. Um, the surrounding area is comprised of agricultural and also equine activities. Um, the proposed stables will consist of one building with three stables and a tack and storage room. Um, the site has been vacant since it ceased being used as a mink farm. Um, and in 2014, the Council took enforcement action against an animal rescue centre. Um, that use has now ceased, and this will be for private equine use. Um, it should be noted that um, there are works to the wider site, um, but they fall within the Essex County Council's remit um, and don't fall part of this application site. Um, Officers consider that the activity in the proposed stables uh, will not have a detrimental impact on the character and appearance of the area and as such the um, development accords with local policies and therefore has been recommended for approval subject to suggested conditions. Thank you Mrs Marshall. Uh, just before our speakers, I'd just like to clarify for the watching audience that the piece of paper that was passed by um, Mr Alana to Councillor Davey, um, I want background on that. If anyone's seen the benefit of Councillor, um, Mr Alana on a site visit, one will be aware of his sartorial elegance and he was passing the name of his hat supplier to a councillor who's also renowned for his sartorial <laughs> elegance. Sorry. <laughs> right, <clears throat> seriously. Uh, our first speaker is Councillor Geoffrey Self from uh, Stansted Ward and uh, is speaking as a district councillor and you'll have five minutes, Councillor Self. Thank you, Chairman and members. 
uh, Jeffrey Searles, uh, District Council of Stansted North, in which this uh, application is cited. I ask for it to be referred to the committee following concerns by neighbours. The site has had, I think it's safe to say, a, quite a chequered history as regards enforcement. It is, as has been said by the case officer, agricultural land around it, nearby is Elsnam Road, further down you've got significant development pressures in Elsnam. I was invited onto the site, and which I went and had the good fortune to meet their flock of geese, and looked at the site, I've got some idea of the vision that they have for the site. I've read the report and the conditions suggested by officers, and for myself, I'm happy with the conditions that officers are proposing. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Sell. Our next speaker is a supporter, Mrs Claire Smith. And you have three minutes, Mrs. Smith. Just relax, breathe deeply, and take your time. There you go, thank you. This is more of a personal note, really, telling you a bit about myself. I can't remember a childhood memory that doesn't involve wanting a unicorn. When I was about three, I was lucky enough to have horse riding lessons, and I loved it. I remember the deal I had when I was at school doing my work, and I get a day with the horses. I worked very hard. When I was 11, I went to live with my stepmum. She had a horse yard, stables falling down, days upon days we fixed fences, built stables, dug up rad work. She had a milk round that I helped her with on those cold, cold mornings, but we had the best time. I went off to vet school, I failed the first year, so I studied equestrian world. She had the best team, we went to every show. I was never brave enough to jump those huge jumps, so I was just the groom. Now my stepmum breeds for show jumping, show jumping horses for our Olympians. I took on my own livery yard, another seven day a week career. I loved it. I got over an illness a few years ago. My daughter and my horses got me to where I am today. I have a 21 year old working shire who now has arthritis in each leg. She deserves the best retirement. I have a 20 year old pony with cancer, but my best friend's daughters groom her and ride her and they love each other. She deserves also a good future. I also have a yearling. I have a sponsor in my horse world. My daughter excels at dressage. This horse was bought for her to bond from a foal. Used to see them together. I'm looking after a pregnant rescued with thoroughbred for a friend. My friend is having a bit of a bad time, soon to be back on her feet, and they will go off and have the best time together. I don't need to sell any of you my dream or my love for my horses. Do I want to breed again? I don't know. Do I want another livery yard? No, no. Maybe a Shire Education Centre? I don't know. At the moment, I have three horses that mean the world to me. I have a really hard-working daughter and a dream to have, and I admire her. I don't mind working hard myself, but to be able to sit in the middle of a field and have my horses lay with me and my child, it honestly takes my breath away. A nice bit of open space to enjoy. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Well done. Uh, we have an objector wishing to speak, Mr. Peter Calver. Thank you, and you have three minutes, Mr. Calver. One in the middle with the wiggly symbol. Sip. Good afternoon. Um, I'm going to explain why, if you approve the application, you should impose more stringent conditions. 
I understand that members of the committee haven't had the opportunity to visit the site, so I'll do my best to paint a picture to help you. The report in front of you is based on the premise that you should only consider the small part of the field that's the subject of planning application, ignore the rest. Now, there are three th reasons why I think that would be a mistake. For a start, um, in last month's Stansted Parish magazine, there's an article written by Claire, who's just spoken, um, in which she talks about her plans for the whole field. Um, secondly, uh, this letter from the owner states her intention uh, to extend the existing roadway so it runs the whole length of the field. Um, thirdly, far from being available for agricultural use, as the report suggests, the remainder of the field is currently covered in a layer of builders' waste. Um, I said I'd paint a picture, but that's the closest I can go. Um, there's uh, broken glass, bricks, plastic, planks of wood, paving slabs. Uh, I, I don't think it's surprising that the Environmental Enforcement Officer from Essex uh, told them to stop. And there's also the matter of the hundreds, if not thousands, of tonnes of spoil that have been illegally dumped on the field over the past three months. Um, it's not fly-tipping, it's with the connivance of the, of the owner. There are a few other things that need to be mentioned in the interest of transparency. If you've looked at the applicant's plans, you'll know that what's being proposed isn't the modest stable block referred to in the report. For example, many stables are timber built with a corrugated or felt roof, but this proposal is for air creek block walls topped with a ridged clay tar roof. Typical stables are 11 foot high, including the roof, but these are going to be over 18 foot. At 750 square foot, the ground floor area is the equivalent of a two-bed flat, but convert the loft with dormer windows and perhaps it could be a four-bedroom house one day, maybe quite soon. Talking of houses, you may have got the impression from the report there's no longer a mobile home on the site. Well, there is, um, and uh, it's quite a big one. Finally, the report talks about personal equine use, but does the name New Farm Stud used in the article really sound like somebody's hobby? Um, in that article, Claire also says, I'm not intending to run a charity or any sort of business, but a place where people can come along, picnic, and learn about these magnificent horses. It sounds idyllic, but is personal equine use, um, is it if, if members of the public visit and consume food on the site? Um, she also talks uh, in the article about the sponsorships she's received. That's why if you approve the application... Uh, the, the conditions should be carefully worded. Uh, condition 5 is too loose. Private use and no commercial activities such as livery might only allow, might allow such entities as a private club or a charity um, to operate. The words such as livery might permit other commercial activities like a stud farm to slip through. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Calver. And now the applicant, Mrs Medwell, or a statement written on her behalf. I've spoken um, on her sorry, behalf, yeah, sorry. Ms. Medwell got called away yesterday morning. Her son's been taken to hospital and I haven't had a chance to pass on to the other Is there a statement available? Um, there is, but in actual fact I did email all the councillors what um, Ms. Medwell was going to speak about. It's all about the S7. Have we had that? If it's been sent to all councillors, I won't have received it. So I guess you'll have to check your emails and hope that it's there. Or I can go and have a... She's not here, so she can't speak. And if we haven't got a statement, it can't be read on her behalf. I have, I have got it myself, obviously. Well, you've got it with you? Yeah. We'll bring it up to the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to speak again? No, I don't have to. Yeah. 
Thank you, Adam. Yes, it's all about the year seven, the countryside. The principle of the proposed use is the subject of the following two local plan policies. Policy S7. The countryside states that in the countryside, planning permission will only be given for development that needs to take place there or is appropriate to a rural area. And there will be strict control on new building. Development will only be permitted if its appearance protects or enhances the particular character of the part of the countryside for which it is set, or there are special reasons why the development of the form proposed needs to be there. Horse riding and the care of horses entails both their great and stabling. The very nature of this use and the setting within which it would be required to take place mean that this is a rural activity. It needs to take place in the countryside and is appropriate to a rural area. The intention is that the proposed stables will be of a scale design and built of materials which will both complement and enhance the nature of use and their rural surroundings. As such, the proposed use is fully in accordance with policy S7. Policy E4, farm diversification. The policy states that alternative uses for agricultural land will be permitted if all the specified criteria are met. Those criteria relate to landscape and nature conservation enhancement, there being no significant increase to noise levels or other adverse impacts beyond the holding, the continued viability and function of agricultural holding not being harmed and the development not placing unacceptable pressures on the surrounding rural road network in terms of traffic levels, road safety, countryside character and amenity. The small scale, a small scale of this undertaking is such that noise and traffic would not be an issue. The local plan refers to farm businesses increasingly needing to find ways of diversifying so that they develop new sources of income. It specifies that this will include non-agricultural activities and that the scale and character of these activities needs to be sensitive to the character of their setting and protect or enhance it. It also lists possible alternative uses or farmland. That list includes equestrian centres, stud farms and livery stables such that horse-related activities are clearly acceptable in principle. The proposed development is therefore in accordance with local plan policy E4 and S7 and I urge you to grant the planning permission accordingly. Thank you. Right, uh, councillors, over to you. Any comments or questions? Councillor Lockley, you had your hand up first. Oh, <laughs> oh please. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Councillor Mills, give her time. <coughs> um, have we got any elevations or any design on the stables? We did. Unfortunately, they haven't um, got onto this uh, onto the presentation, but I do have paper copies. It's just that there was some mention about reach heights and things and the actual scale of the building. Any, any conversion of uh, the stables, if we approved it, would need express consent to for conversion to a dwelling. So uh, I think that's immaterial, really. Just want to look at the size of it. Eh? Yeah, but you could have it with a flat roof and someone could come along and stick a pitch roof on it. For the purposes of the tape, the officers are handing out the elevations which haven't been able to be electronically uh, presented.
Can't say chamber, sir. Thank you, no, Chairman. hang on. Would sorry, you, sorry. Would you yeah. like me to wait back, until... Backtrack, okay. Councillor Chambers. Yes, you wait until Councillor Lachlan's had her turn. <laughs> I resign. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> Councillor oh. Lachlan, come on. Oh, I need a bottle of gin now. Right. Um, oh. Yes, uh, it was mentioned about Condition 5... And it does say no commercial activities, activities such as livery. Should we just say no commercial activities, full stop? I think what the, uh, the speaker was referring to, that that doesn't go broad enough. It, yeah, that's what I mean. It, it needs to be commercial and group or whatever other description to satisfy that uh, um, concern. Can I, can I just interject on that one? I think the issue is really we have a standard condition around this and I think the confusion bit is not the commercial bit it's, it is the commercial bit because you'll have to prove that it's commercial um, as opposed to a livery is a livery and that's how it is so I think we do have a standard condition which omits things like low liveries and riding schools and things like that um, there may be I mean, this may be, I mean, members need to be aware that you know, there is a potential and there's not necessarily a problem with this, I should add, because there's a different issue. One of, the, uh, the, uh, one of the speakers spoke about charity issues, people coming to see what was going on. That's not commercial. And you're not going to be seeing you know, coach loads of people coming to that particular site. It's different to what the commercial activity is. And I think we, you know, we would put a standard condition on about liveries and riding schools. Um, but what is being described, and there's no, there's no you know, whether that's going to be the intention of the owner or not, charities and people visiting it and school kids coming to visit it, that can only be a good thing. That's not a commercial activity. And that would be something that wouldn't be covered by the condition and something that we wouldn't want to be covered by the condition unless members feel otherwise. May I come yes, back, yeah. Chair? Right, thanks. Um, yeah, I think I was meaning that somebody was mentioning about there was rubbish or, or anything. I was thinking more about perhaps landfill lorries or something like that coming to use the land, which I would want to prevent. Yeah. There are two things going on at the same time regarding this application. You've got the application in front of you, which is literally what you've got in front of you, an application for a stable and what is a low-key, um, a very low-key private equine use, which... Now and again, someone may want to come along and have a look at what's going on, and that can only be a good thing. But around it, there are other major activities going on regarding land, potential landfill, bringing it on a, or bringing on of, of buns and all sorts of things, which is happening, but that is being handled by the county council as a waste authority. Formal notices have been served. That's not for this place. That's for something else. But that is happening around it. So whatever decision you make today regarding that doesn't affect that because it can't because that's a county matter so you do need to wear and that's a much bigger thing than what we're discussing today to be honest uh, any other comments uh, councillors councillor chambers yes sorry mr chairman i was going to say i hope everybody's had a chance to look at the map now otherwise i don't want to be accused of um, doing something untoward um, i would like to propose approval mr chairman with the conditions put forward we didn't have an approval for your uh, proposal, did we, Councillor Mills? No, no fine. Thank, thank you, Councillor Chambers, and Councillor Mills will second that. Um, any other comments before we go to the vote? Right, all those in favour of approval, please show. Go live your dream, Miss Cook. No. Miss Smith, sorry. <laughs> that matter is approved.
Uh, moving on now to item 4.7, UTT 15-2178, so householder full approval, application in Saffron Walden and Mr Theobald, you will take us through it. Thank you, Chair. Yes, this application is for a two-storey side extension and a single-storey rear extension uh, at uh, 81 Castle Street in the uh, middle of the town. This is the existing elevations, uh, the frontage uh, being here, and it's proposed to have uh, the two-storey front extension thus with an overhang uh, to the side boundary and the first floor, uh, ground floor uh, rear extension being here and just some modifications to the existing uh, conservatory. Uh, now, uh, the issues identified in the report are essentially the design of the um, extensions and also reference to parking. Uh, currently, it's a one-bedroom uh, property um, and uh, the extensions would create a second bedroom on the first floor. And you can see here that with the overhang on the ground floor, uh, there would be a one-metre uh, clearance for the length of the current um, private right-of-way, which goes around to the back of the property and into the adjacent at the back. Um, this is number 81. Uh, at the top of the street uh, basically until uh, you get to the school and the side access to uh, you can see there this is the resident parking area and that is the said um, half standing to the side so the issues as I mentioned and uh, the conclusion chairman of the report is that uh, the extension is acceptable in terms of its design where the conservation officer has not objected to the scheme where in fact uh, she supports it in terms of the way in which it's been articulated and uh, its officer's opinion that the, uh, the removal of this um, parking space uh, would not cause an issue on parking because of the existing permit parking scheme in Castle Street where there's obviously an infinite number of parking spaces and uh, therefore it wouldn't cause additional parking on the street. So, um, Chairman, uh, it's recommended that uh, there's um, recommendation for approval subject to the conditions as um, put in the report. Thank you. We have... We have uh, an agent to speak on this matter, which is uh, Mr. Plume. Is the applicant? Sorry, the applicant. Applicant, yeah. Thank you. Uh, chairman and members of the committee, uh, I'm the co-owner of uh, the site in question. Um, our original plan for 81 Castle Street was to keep the car parking space and build above. We then realised that our neighbour had a right-of-way over this area for access to their garden, um, primarily to move the wheelie bins onto the pavement. The width of this area in question is a maximum of 3 metres, but narrows to 2.8 metres in the middle. 
Once our car is parked there, there is no way to get a bin pass. And I've just taken a quick photograph, just for you to have a quick look. But <laughs> I'll explain in figures. Um, we were told that a minimum width of 2.9 metres is required for a parking space. Currently we have 1.8 when you take into consideration the 1 metre that we have to give for the right of way. Uh, our car is 1.9 metres wide. We then approached the neighbouring school and offered to buy a strip of land so that we could have our parking space and keep our neighbours happy with an access pass, but the school declined our offer. We could have submitted a scheme which had an opening of 1.8 metres, but this would have been a useless space. And so we took the view of submitting plans for a full extension, and one which made the row of cottages look complete and be more sympathetic within the surrounding area. However, by not having the off-street parking space, we no longer need to gain access across a drop curb. So in actual fact, we have freed this area of pavement and have created a parking space. So at the end of the day, when it comes to parking issues, we are back to where we started. Nothing has actually been lost. We wanted to take this opportunity to explain to Councillor Freeman why we have submitted these plans, but he was unable to meet due to maintaining an impartial view. We also invited Councillor Asker and Councillor Sadler to come and discuss this, but they never responded to us. We have full support from the planning department. We have full support from the highways. We always also have full support from both our neighbours and St Mary's School who remarked to a councillor how lovely they thought the extension would look. We intend to carefully dismantle the new openings to the original house and reuse the bricks to build the front elevation so that we ensure the front looks as original as possible. Under the guidance of the planning department we submitted these plans. We have tried to meet all demands and create a lovely classical design which we would blend into the conservation area of the town. This is our chance to create a decent-sized home in Saffron Warden. It has been rented out for some time and was in a poor state. We intend to restore it back to being a beautiful home once more. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you, Mr. Plum. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, first of all, uh, I am a member of the Town Council, and I happen to live in the next street to Castle Street, so those are two matters that need to be recorded. They're non-pecuniary interests. I'd also like to correct the officer that there is not an infinite supply of parking spaces on Castle Street. If there were an infinite supply of parking spaces, this case would never have come before this committee because we'd all be able to park exactly wherever we wanted. Chairman, uh, this is the conservation area of Saffron Warden. Saffron Warden has the greatest concentration of listed buildings in Uttersfield. I think I'm right in saying that. And Uttersfield has one third of all the listed buildings in Essex interestingly uh, and it is the centre what we're looking at is a medieval this is actually a, a Victorian building but it's in the medieval part of the town the <coughs> few remain the house on the left for example was built in about 1500 the yellow house the one a bit further down is Queen Anne um, and there's a whole mixture of architectural types here this particular house is quite small, but the problem is parking is a challenge. Uh, and the absence of an infinite supply, there may be an infinite supply of parking permits. I would be happy to concede that, because Essex, North Essex Parking Partnership, or whatever it calls itself, is very happy to sell you a permit. But that's simply a basis for negotiation. It doesn't mean you can park. It means that you can park without collecting a parking ticket. That's all. They used to strictly ration them, 
according to the number of households in the street. But they decided they could make more money by not doing that. So at the moment you can buy a parking permit and that gives you a basis to park, uh, but it doesn't mean you can. You can park perfectly well in there. A previous tenant or occupant used to park a Saab I think a Saab 95 or maybe a Saab 99 is one of the older ones uh, in that space. If you live in that area, Chairman, uh, you get very good at parking in tiny spaces. You have to. I know I have one myself. Uh, but the only concern really with this is the loss of a valuable off-street parking space. When it comes to size, um, the, it depends on what size of vehicle you choose to use. I mean, if you choose to drive a large BMW, then no, you're going to have trouble getting in there. If you drive a smart car, you'll get in there without any trouble at all. Uh, in fact, you can get two vehicles in there, one behind the other. You can park them in tandem if you want to, and that has been done. But I would say, Chairman, if this committee is mindful of granting this application, that we condition that that parking, the drop curb area, becomes available for residents' parking. At the moment, it's not available because it's an access uh, and indeed it does allow the owner of that house to park two vehicles, one off-road and one in front of it. I don't know if we can condition that, but it, otherwise um, nobody can park there at all uh, legally because if you look, there's residence parking and then beyond it there's restricted parking for the school. So that's the first point. Second point, if we can go to the plans, please, the elevations. Uh, Elevations. There we are. And if you can enlarge the centre section, please, the one that's got uh, a figure standing on the right-hand side of it. We can zoom into that, please. Centre proposed front elevation. I don't think we have the full... Oh, we can do it, Chairman. It's just a question of... Uh, uh, well, whilst they're working that out, uh, uh, let me explain. There's a, a figure, a central, central image what was the central image. Uh. Well, I, I don't want to waste more time on this than right, we need to. Okay, uh, that's I, think, I think we can work off this if you want to full screen it. There we go. That's it. Good, good, good. Well, Thanks. Yeah. Um, you see there's a two, the regulation two metre figure on the right hand side. That's a one metre width. Uh, and the room which would be constructed on the ground floor is tiny. If you actually look on the plan, it would be less than two metres across. Of course, you lose the thickness of the wall. It's described as a study in the uh, plans. In fact, it's not a study. The best thing it could be is a cupboard that you can walk into, a walk-in wardrobe. Uh, but in terms of getting bins up and down for the back, it would be adequate for that. The argument that if it's a parking space, you can't uh, move bins up and down, of course, is, is, is not true because cars are mobile. That's the point about them. You can take a car out for your neighbour to take their bins out once a week. Uh, it's a question of simply liaising with your neighbour. So my concern, Chairman, is simply that we are losing uh, valuable off-road parking in the conservation area of a medieval town. Once you've built a building, you don't take it away. It'll be there for good. That's it, really. So um, I bring it before the committee for to judge in its wisdom on this matter. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my comment I would like to make is that <coughs> it's called a study. If he uses it as a broom cupboard, that would be up to him. Um, but the, the, the applicant did explain it's a status quo in terms of the parking, so there isn't a loss of off-street parking. 
there is a, a, a gain of one and presumably he won't necessarily be able to guarantee he parks here but somebody will park there so there is you know this status quo exists really councillor davy i would like to propose the recommendation for approval i'd like to propose the recommendation for approval does that find a seconder councillor chambers thank you um there was some concern about the drop curb <coughs> how we ensure that that space does become available um, the road markings uh, that might mean a traffic order through the um, parking partnership I would guess yeah I was, I was thinking of this one through I don't think we can because you could have you can work, carry out works to the highway for a Grampian condition but this isn't necessarily works to the highway this is another place needs to accept it as being a parking space I think it will become a parking space mm. and what you're basically doing is undropping the curb if you like because you're, by putting an extension there there's nothing to go up to so I think we just need I think naturally there would be a space provided but it's not within our gift to do that it's within the partnership to actually do that um, but um, we could put a, an informative on there to try to encourage that for happening maybe with our influence on the net and that's something for the town council to yeah. take forward then isn't it to the parking partnership yeah okay any further comments though before we go to the vote all those in favour of approval, please show. And against. Abstention. Thank you. That matter is approved. Thank you. Right, our next item is item 4.7, application UTT 15 stroke 2178. No, it's not. Just done that one. Beg your pardon. It's item 4.8. Application 15 stroke 2449. It's a full application in Littlebury. And again, Mr. Theobald, please. And Councillor Chambers. Mr. Chairman, because I declared an interest, uh, I will leave for this item and the item that comes afterwards. Is that necessary? Uh, yes. Yeah, Cou Councillor Chambers must judge that. No, he declared an interest and he knows he's known the yes, applicant well, for a long uh, time. Well, what, what kind of interest? What, was that a non-pecuniary... Councillor Chambers, thank you for that. Councillor, uh, sorry, Mr. Theobald, thank you. Yes, uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, this this uh, revised application relates to a uh, single bed uh, annex at Walnut Tree Cottage um, along the uh, the road in Little Green. Uh, as you can see, the the, the dwelling at, on the site is set back from the the road frontage within a line of dwellings and there's a collection of outbuildings to the rear which are currently used for um, uh, piggeries and, and stables and so forth. Um, it's a, that's the range that you see and it's proposed to convert the, the range uh, including the, the barn at the front uh, with an extension to the rear uh, to this one bedroomed annex for the applicant. Um, who currently resides in the, the main house 
and the, the reason for the annex has been put forward by the agents that um, it may be necessary for the applicant to reside um, at ground floor level where currently um, it's difficult in the, uh, uh, the current dwelling to do so. Uh, this is the um, appearance of the uh, annex as proposed and this revised scheme now removes a two-storey element from the front of the um, annex where it was proposed to be a larger um, affair um, with three bedrooms. We felt it wasn't appropriate, um, first of all, in terms of definition of being an annex to the main dwelling and also given it siting, uh, the, the site siting in the countryside and it would have um, provoked an objection on uh, policy S7. So this revised application um, seeks uh, this reduced accommodation footprint for the applicant, and it's proposed, uh, Chairman, that the application be approved. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Theobald. Um, any comments, councillors? I'm going to propose from the Chair that... Uh, the officer's recommendation is accepted and this application is approved. Does that find a seconder? Seconded by Councillor Riles. No further comments, then we'll please go to the vote. All those in favour? Thank you. That matter is approved. Moving on then to item 4.9, which is UTT 15 stroke 1561 in Great Chesterford, non material amendment. And again, Mr. Theobald. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, yes, the, these um, amendments uh, relate to the uh, approved dwelling scheme for this site at the corner of uh, Carmen Street and Jackson's Lane in Great Chesterford. And uh, the revisions are hopefully self-explanatory in uh, the officer report where they are identified on um, the bottom of uh, page 123. And this uh, elevational drawing, comparison drawing, helpfully shows the changes which the uh, officers consider to be minor in their nature. And uh, they relate to changes from as approved on the bottom here to as you can see on the top and um, essentially to do with either changes in um, fenestration detailing or, um, um, as you can see, from going from like here to, to there, etc. Um, there's a change also to the, the chimney here from there, and also there'd be a, um, uh, this sort of more Georgian sort of parapet thing here, as opposed to the lean-to as approved, and also uh, that's just um, showing additional drawing. The, the garage, uh, the garage block to the front, don't have a comparison drawing, but essentially um, they are moving the dormers up from the uh, eaves line as um, approved. Um, it's proposed to put this uh, nice brick and flint detailing on the external walls to improve its appearance, uh, and also there's just a, a minor. In internal stair layout uh, which is um, different is handed to the um, approved drawing so they are the 
changes, uh, Chairman, they're considered to be minor in nature and it's recommended that uh, a non-material amendment decision notice be issued for those changes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Theobald. Any comments? Uh, Councillor Riles. Sorry, Chairman. Um, this is one of my fellow councillors, isn't it? The district yes, that's why this is before us. Uh, are we us. supposed to declare uh, not a, a non-pecuniary interest or at least acknowledge no, that we know no. who this is? No, we don't have to. Not good. No, not right. Thank you, Clear. Cheers. Oh, that's it. Right. Thank you. Any other comments, questions? Right. Um, we have a recommendation for approval. Does that find a proposer? Councillor David, does it find a seconder? Councillor Riles, no further comments. Let's go to the vote. All those in favour of approval, please show. Thank you. That's approved. Moving on then to item 4.10. Oh, I... Oh, no, yes. he was doing two, wasn't he? He's doing yeah. two. Yeah. He's coming back. Right. Yes, please, Clive. Thank you. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to sit this one out as well. Uh, item 4.10, UTT 152738, a non-material amendment, Saffron Walden and Mrs Shoesmith, you'll take us through. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The application is for, again, another non-material amendment to an original scheme. Um, planning permission was granted um, back in 2013 for the erection of a still-framed storage building for the Council. Um, this application seeks a non-material amendment regarding the configura internal configuration of the building. Um, the site in itself is located within Shire Hill Industrial Estate. Um, so, um, in context, is um, industrial in its nature. The internal configuration, in terms of what was originally approved, this was the design of the building and the layout. Um, on the northern um, elevation of the building, we had granted a configuration of windows which looked like this. Now, as part of this scheme, they proposed to do some internal works regarding the um, office layouts, both at first floor and ground floor. Um, which would mean um, that the windows would need to be reconfigured um, to this appearance as opposed to a, a linear set out. Um, as a result, um, this is considered to be a non-material amendment which will be, uh, that doesn't require planning permission. Therefore, um, approval has been recommended. Thank you, Mr Shoesmith. Uh, Councillor Chambers, you'll have to sit this one out as well, I'm afraid. Thank you. Thank you. 
Right. Okay. Um, any comments or questions, councillors? Councillor Mills. Okay. Chairman, recommend for approval. Fine. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Fairbrass, thank you very much. We'll go straight to the vote then. All those in favour? Thank you. That matter is approved. And the final one on our list is item number five, which is land south of Onga Road, Great Dunmo. And Mr Brown is going to take us through this matter. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, members will recall this application that was members visited the site and resolved to approve planning permission on the 29th of July, uh, subject to a conditions and a section 106. Um, on the question of section 106, just as a housekeeping matter, the section 106 is progressing, and I would just need to remind members that the resolution on the committee report was verbally changed at the meeting. Um, just to clarify, there was, if you look at page 160, which is a copy of the original report that went to committee, um, there was, on point 8, there was an issue over travel plan that was omitted from the section 106 verbally, and there was an additional thing added. So basically, the travel plan was taken out, something else was added which regarded the maintenance of the SUD system, which has been included. So that was verbally updated, so just, just, to, just so members can recall what was actually approved at the meeting. The reason why this has come back to committee is on one issue and one issue alone, and that's the issue over noise. Members resolved to approve planning permission uh, based upon a noise report that was submitted on behalf of the applicants. Um, it arrived I saw it, but it was sent to the authority before the meeting. Um, we received a, a report on behalf of the residents regarding the noise report submitted, which actually raised certain issues. And so we felt that, bearing in mind, well, it doesn't really matter about the history of the site, it was considered safe and, and, and robust to actually bring it back to this meeting to reconfirm the decision to approve it based upon that noise report that's been submitted on behalf of the residents and the council's environmental health team's uh, response to that. And I've got uh, uh, Anne Lee Moore from the council's environmental health department here to actually ask any specific questions. Basically, and uh, I'm going to try to keep this clear because just in case I, I don't get this right, the submission by the applicants was slightly flawed in terms of it didn't consider uh, within the, with the British standards approach to actually noise, assess, noise assessments. Um, and so the, the matters raised by the applicant's noise assessor was correct. And, uh, but the, the conclusion from the Council's Environmental Health Department is that in itself would not have justified refusal. So hopefully we are now in a position whereby we can now reconfirm the recommendation, well, the resolution to approve, bearing in mind we've had that issue regarding the noise surveys. Um, we have speakers, so I think we'll hear the speakers first, and, but then obviously myself or Anne will happily take questions later on. Thank you, Mr Brown. Now, the order I've got speakers in is Mr Lloyd, Mrs Lloyd and Dr Price. Is that okay with you? Yep, yeah, fine. Okay, thank you. You've got three minutes, Mr Lloyd, as indeed as the other two each. Good afternoon, members. You don't have to be an expert or a scientist to know this site suffers from severe noise problems. Therefore, it should be used as a last resort if it falls into Category C noise. In the residence assessment, it fell into Category C stroke D, and D, and D is 
and continues to be, even in the NPPF, highly undesirable and should be avoided. The developer's assessment as falling into Category B is highly disputed and it would be wrong to approve it without a proper independent professional and unbiased report. Homes built on this land would be blighted by the noise coming from the ever-increasing traffic on the A120 and affordable homes will be in the firing line. It would prevent people living there from the simple right of opening their windows and doors during the summer months as we all take for granted. We were told four years ago there were no other sites available, but as you are aware, developers have found sites, have obtained permission, and are in the process of building hundreds, if not thousands, of new homes. Taylor Wimpy have failed to demonstrate that they have looked for sites with less problems and more appropriate. Surely the only place that one would be forced to build so close to that degree of noise would be a city centre. Granting permission would degrade the standard of housing expected in Uttlesford and set a poor precedent. In Dunmo South, there's a deficit of 7.3 hectares of play space recognised by Great Dunmo Neighbourhood Plan, and proposed developments will exasperate this problem by removing areas traditionally used by children and increasing the number of children's small LEAP areas are not good for sports or an informal ball game. The hectares of amenity land that were part of Smith's farm are now lost to development, as is the traditional parkland on Ongar Road North. The small compensatory area of place space in Smith's farm does not compensate for all the loss of this amenity land. For existing numbers of people, let alone additional people. The original mandatory SEA, Strategic Environmental Assessment, for Ongar Road South is flawed unreliable and riddled with inaccuracies or gaps. For example, it shows green against noise and green against promoting accessibility, simply because there will be an LEAP. It shows red against improving population's health and social inclusion, but fails to recognise the deficit of 7.3 hectares of green space for children. This was the bias basis of permission to build the committee. And, sorry, it's permission to build, and the committee should demand a review of the SEA and the constraints shown in this application have been ignored. There is very limited public transport and the planned secondary school would be 5.4 kilometres away, which is outside the sustainable measure in the SEA. Furthermore, the route of the ECC and Uttlesford cycle strategy has been totally ignored. The chair of the Flitchway Connection Group has been forced to hold separate talks with the developer to try to get safe passage and road crossing because the original plans cannot be delivered because of the developer's access. The requirements were never put forward by the planning office and when the planning office have fobbed this group off with promises of addressing it when the development is built, so there's no expectation for it to be delivered. By finding a more appropriate site, as other developers have done, and within the context of the strategic plan, none of these arguments would be necessary. Members, you should reject this application and insist on a review of the strategic plan. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Lloyd. Good afternoon. It's worth standing back a minute to understand the reason that we are here again. 
members of the planning committee are not required to be professional planners or to have depth in depth knowledge of the corresponding policies. You have a planning department to provide these services, but it has failed you. If the failings were purely down to poor administration and errors, of which there have been many, you could put this down to pressure of work, but the catalogue of issues is too great to dismiss. If the public's dissatisfaction is always written off as nimbyism without looking into the public's level of dissatisfaction, the credibility of the entire planning process is affected. The level of opposition stems from the lack of proper consultation and decisions made behind closed doors. We hope that the council structure that allowed the people that made the decisions in secret to head the, to head the planning committee to push through these undemocratic plans has changed. We have tried to engage in serious debate and have been humoured and ignored in the hope that we will, we will be worn down. In China we would be shot for challenging the party line. In England we are ignored, but the outcome is pretty much the same. You have been elected to represent the communities you serve and we must expect that you do not follow party political lines when deciding on the future of the district and you demand that the planning department explain the agreed strategy before you are invited to approve little bits of it. The highway strategy department must accept responsibility for approving bits of strategic development without looking at the cumulative impacts. Claire Jenkins, strategic, uh, strategic development officer, wrote to us on the 14th of May last year and advised that the reason that the rerouted bus traffic that will do a U-turn 24 times a day around the small mini roundabout was excluded from the developer's traffic assessment because the rerouting of the bus was the result of another development and that, that development is looked at separately. If we are talking about a small development, this may be appropriate, but we are talking about 542 units at least. As your approval to build here will almost certainly set a precedent to build on existing buffer land along the A120. Members of this committee should reject this proposal and we have given you at least 10 good reasons in the past to do so. Added to these, we must consider the lack of strategic planning and the cumulative impact assessment and the quote, unreliable noise and air pollution report of the developer. You should not expect to ignore these serious points. The developer can appeal and it will be interesting to see how they defend themselves. Reject. We Can ask you wind you up, please, Mrs. Lloyd? Yes, we ask you to reject the application, demand a better service from your planning department, and ask for explanations of the cumulative impacts of the 542 units. Thank you. Our last speaker is Dr. Price, and I trust, Dr. Price, you are going to stick to the issue we are concerned with today, which is noise. We cannot revisit. Um, all the points that were raised by Mrs Lloyd. Thank you. Uh, I will try and do that and I'll speak quickly. Good afternoon members. 
Um, I feel that I must highlight the numerous occasions where the planning office has failed to provide this committee with complete and reliable information, which you need to make an informed decision. At the last meeting, when asked to vote regarding this application, councillors were falsely given the impression that this site was in the local plan. It is not part of the local plan, a fact that residents uh, and uh, Downmoat have... I must remind you, we are here to talk about noise. We're not here to talk about the local plan, where development should go, where development shouldn't go. That has, this site has an outline planning consent. At the last meeting that we approved an application, it, it, when the last meeting we approved an application, we were concerned with detail only. So that's what we're concentrating on. One, one detail has been queried, as Mr. Brown pointed out, quite properly queried. We've had a reassessment of that and we have a report before us, and that's what well, we're addressing. The issue of, of that noise. environmental report by the residents was presented to this committee at the last meeting and was discussed by the speakers at the last meeting. It's not new information, and this is what you've put forward to this committee to consider today. My point also is that this site is not in the local plan, and the fact that councillors made decisions to approve this um, application at the last meeting was under false information. It's not part of the local plan. It should not be part of the five-year housing supply or the land supply because it's never been in the local plan. And these reasons were actually cited. You can see from the recording of the last meeting, councillors asked again during the voting session whether these reasons were still applicable and they were told the site is in the local plan and it's part of the five-year housing supply. I'm so my initial ask. statements are only to try and tell the council members here that it's not in the local plan and should never have been included in the housing um, land supply. So those comments that were made and really reflected in their decision-making process were erroneous. Right, That's gonna, my only point I was trying to make from I, my opening statement. Right, well, I'm going to ask Mr Brown to clarify the situation for my members on those points. Thank you. Okay. Before you we have, we've stopped the clock, so you've, you've not lost your three minutes. <clears throat> at the last meeting, I said that this was not included in the local plan because at the last meeting, we did not have a local plan. I also clarified... Well, we, no, hang on, hang on, I'm answering this question. Well, we do that have a local what, that plan. That is what I said. I sat, in this very, I sat in this very seat and said to the members, in response to a question, this is, we have not got a local plan. Even when the decision was made, the original decision that was quashed in March, we had a, local, we had a very, very early draft local plan, and that was not material. I remember sitting in that seat saying exactly the same thing and saying it had no weight. So the, the right status, that is a fact and that is something that I've said. And that was exactly the same on the 29th of July when I also said that. The application, the site has outlined plan permission. That is also a fact. Because it has outlined plan permission, it counts to the five-year land supply. That will not change whatever decision, made, what decision was made on the 29th and what decision was made today. It still has outlined planning permission, and that outlined planning permission is valid and counts within the five-year land supply. I remember a, a specific question, I think it might have been from Councillor Lachlan, on that very issue. 
But for clarification, so I'm not going back on what I've said, but just to clarify for everyone in terms of the decision, it is not included in the local plan because we haven't got a local plan. And as, the outline as one plan of the councillors pointed out in previous applications pl- only today. Mr. Bias, let Mr. Brown finish, please. Thank you. And the outline plan information that it has got that was quashed and there was, that was challenged and that now has been reinstated means that that counts towards the five-year land supply. Not this development that you're talking, not the proposal you're talking in front of you now. It has that outline plan of mission for 99 dwellings and it is only that we're talking about a full application of gates. So it does count within our five-year land supply. That's how we stand. Now, can we address the noise issues, please? Can I just speak for one and finish the sentence I started? Carry on. Thank you. You've already stated in a number of applications today and agreed that in the absence of a new local plan, I agree you do not have a new local plan, but the old local plan still exists and that's the one you should be working towards. This site has never been in that local plan. It was in in an emerging local plan, as you rightly said, but that bears no weighting and that was then taken out because it was put in mistakenly. So, as you've said previously, the old local plan is one that you should be working towards, and this site has never been in that local plan, and the local plan you currently should be using. Sorry, I don't want this to be a slanging match between the two of us. No, I don't want it to be either, but you've just, just before you've stopped me, I'm just saying that... This is something you've brought up in discussions today over other applications, that there is a local plan. It may not be the new local plan because that hasn't been approved yet. But you've said other applications that you've discussed today and at the last meeting that you should be working towards a local plan that's already in place. The site has not been in that local plan. So currently it is not in the local plan. and this is the end of this particular discussion, the two things that members have got in front of you, and you know this, but I'm going to say it publicly again, the two matters that you need to be considering are the 2005 local plan and the MPPF. And it's the MPPF in its totality. Those are the two things. They are the two things you need to be considering. And, the, you, you know, and that's how we stand. But I think, I think we know. We do indeed. So if you could continue, can start the clock again, please. Yep. Three minutes is starting now, Dr. Price. Okay. So my other point is that from the start, there have been errors, omission and misleading statements. From day one, the planning application was strongly rejected by this committee. And the reasons being it's outside of the development envelope. There's no support from either community or the Dr. town Price, council. Dr Price, I'm sorry to have to make a point of this again, but you are backtracking over dead wood. And all those points have been made before. An outline consent exists. We approved a detailed full application last time. You, the residents, have raised a query about the noise uh, report. That has been investigated and it's been brought back before us today to decide on whether the opinion we expressed last time still stands in the light of the investigations that this council has carried out on the noise report. Please stick to the point or forfeit your three or forfeit your three minutes. Has it out on the same 
assessment. And that's the question that we've been asking for four years because we have been denied that option. And you know jolly well that that is the truth. At every single opportunity, including the hearing with the planning uh, um, inspector, we were hushed when we raised this. And it was very eloquently put to the planning inspector by Taylor Wimpy that no, 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 this is being done according to standards. And not only that, the local council has raised no objections. That's not good enough. The strategic, that's not good enough. The strategic environmental assessment has been reviewed in the past and has gone through the process and we are here today looking at the issue of whether the evidence that we took into mind at the last application has been changed or change the, the new evidence that's been reviewed changes our mind on the noise issue. That is solely it. Mr Brown, thank you. Can I just, I'm, I'm concerned now about the way, this the way this is going. Can I just ask Christine to say something in terms of, we need to get this back in terms of proper process in how we're dealing with this consideration today. So. I think Dr Price should be given three minutes uninterrupted. The councillors can decide whether or not they consider what she has to say is relevant or irrelevant. Right, Dr Price, you have three minutes uninterrupted. Thank you very much. Are you happy for me to start at the beginning so you have to listen to... You the have three minutes uninterrupted. Again? Okay. I feel that must highlight the numerous occasions where the planning office has failed to provide this committee with complete and reliable information, which you definitely need to make an informed decision. As I've already said... This site is not in the local plan. We've continually told this committee this. And also, when asked if this site forms part of the five-year land supply, you were told it does. Given that the site has never been part of a local plan, it should not be part of the five-year land supply. Shockingly, another councillor stated his reason for voting in favour was, I quote, the land between Dunmo Town and the new A120 I think is a natural area of development for the town. Surely councillors on this committee cannot change limits of development for towns or even use this thought process to justify voting in favour of planning applications. From the start there have been errors, omissions, misleading statements. From day one, the planning application was strongly rejected by this planning committee. Reasons, it's outside of the development envelope, it has no support from residents or the town council, and the benefits extolled by the developer could not be reconciled with the loss of land and all that's represented. You may recall the developer appealed this refusal, and again it was the planning office that failed to inform the public about that hearing. Since then, there has been a catalogue of errors, and misleading reports, all designed to push this development through. In July, the planning office expected you to vote on this development without even scheduling a site visit. Today, the planning office is again encouraging members to vote in favour. Some of you have not had the benefit of participating in previous meetings and debates. With the knowledge that the environmental reports and recommendations are seriously flawed, and that this site is not in the local plan, the planning office is again ignoring this and asking you to vote in favour. 
You are being asked to approve 99 new homes, but in fact the level of development in this immediate area is 542 units. This will radically change a semi-rural area of market town to massive urban sprawl as three developments converge on the edge of our town. Finally, you should justifiably reject this application today and defend your decision due to the lack of reliable and indeed misleading information from both the developer and the planning office. I respectfully suggest that you reject this application with a recommendation that this site can be discussed for the new Uttlesford Strategic Local Plan, where the benefits should be properly considered for the community and not for speculators. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to go through my speech. Thank you. Right, councillors' comments, please. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, this has been a bit of an afternoon, hasn't it? Particularly for insulting the officers. And it would be nice if this committee were credited with a little bit of common sense and intelligence as well. Because I have actually read this. I voted for it last time. I intend to do so again. I have read the, uh, everything that we have been given. It has outlined planning permission. It has 90 for 99 dwellings, 40% of those of which will be affordable. Now, we've had a lot of people talk today about affordable homes, uh, and particularly in one application when there was concern that there wasn't any. Uh, and now we have told that you can have nearly half of these, this application affordable. But I'm not going to go into that because I'm going to get into the realms of, of you know, going back into the past as well. Um, I believe the report that we've been given um, the amended report I think is fine and I am happy to vote for this on that basis and I am happy to recommend the re to approve the recommendation <laughs> Thank you, does that proposal find a seconder? Councillor Chambers, thank you Other councillors wish to comment? Councillor Freeman, then Councillor Lodge Yeah, thank you Chairman Thank you, thank you. Um, the, the concern I have, and it's not with this development, but it, it's with any technical and measurable feature such as noise, is that you can um, require limits, but then somebody has to actually measure them and enforce them. I'll give you an example of the airport, uh, which works within quite a tight box, and it's constantly monitored. Uh, aircraft noise is constantly monitored. And I was part of um, the team that heard the second runway application at Stansted. I was one of only two. Councillor Lachlan was the other one. And we universally turned that down, all, all members of the committee. But we were furnished with very detailed um, material from the British Airports Association. I would like to see, Chairman, I have no idea whether we can do this, some sort of monitoring or assessment on the build as it proceeds, whether it's actually going to deliver. Um, the level of sound protection for the people that have these houses uh, that is claimed and that is required. Uh, otherwise, it's just a, a series of numbers on a spreadsheet, it's something in a report. I've looked at the um, report referred to in it. They seem to have done quite a lot of work. Uh, I, I would like to see it's actually um, implemented. That's really the thing, that it's taken on board. Uh, and I don't know whether we can actually apply. People always say, well, that's a, that's a building control thing. I submit, Chairman, that it's beyond building control because it's the basis upon which this planning consent is granted. So I think we should have some ongoing way of watching the... Um, how, uh, what, measuring uh, and appraising how good the uh, sound insulation uh, 
and the sound mitigation measures are. Before you come in, Councillor Lodge, Councillor, uh, Mr Brown wants to come back on to that point. The answer to that question is yes, because the suggested condition... One thing I forgot to do in my preamble at the beginning was that one of the recommendations from Environmental Health is a revised Condition 8, uh, which is on page 1319. It's eight because of something else that's happened Unless elsewhere. Yeah, 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 because there were, yeah, it is, it is actually condition eight. Anyway, the noise, there was a noise condition on there that has been substituted for this suggested condition eight, which actually goes on about uh, prior to commencement development of detailed road traffic noise impact assessment and noise attenuation scheme to protect residential amenity shall be submitted to and approved in right by the local planning authority. The noise attenuation insulation scheme shall ensure that dwelling rooms and external amenities and it actually gives you these, and then it goes on LEQ figures there. So, therefore, there is a requirement to do that. Um, now, in terms of the monitoring process, yeah, I'm going to say normally we wouldn't monitor that, but I think, bearing in mind what is quite clearly a controversial development, if this development happened, we would have Why to monitor. Why don't you spend £2,000 and do it properly? That's all you've got to do, and then the job is done. Do not monitor on the way once you allow them to develop. It's, it's, it's ludicrous, and all... Excuse me, you've had nine minutes of your opinion on your side. Please let us deal with this matter. Thank you. Mrs Lloyd, please. We've read all of that. Thank you. There is, I think, back to Councillor Freeman. Councillor suggested revised condition 8 is the starting point, and I don't know whether there's anything additional on that members may feel is necessary, and then for which Anne may want to comment on if there's anything additional. Let's bring bring in Councillor Lodge. (laughs) Thank you. it is a complex subject. I obviously appreciate that. And as far as noise is concerned, and I may be being naive here, there, there, there are two major aspects of it here. There are the, noise, the noise emanating from the A120 over there and construction ameliorations we can do over here on the, uh, on the site. And those are two very different things. What I thought we were largely talking about was the noise coming from the A20. We know there was a problem with the survey that was done, particularly the hours in which it was done. Uh, Environmental health here say that they would have preferred a full 24-hour survey. I'm sorry, preferring is not good enough. I think they should have demanded a 24-hour study and a proper analysis proper analysis of that. You know, why, why haven't we done that? Why, why can we not have a proper independent survey to look at that would give us the basis for making a decision? Yes, please. Thank you. Can I comment on Councillor Freeman's question as well? Yes. Yeah, just to um, comment on the matter raised by Councillor Freeman about um, measuring the effect of the construction process for the dwellings. That, that is, um, it is a critical issue, um, and it is actually mentioned in, in current guidance that quality control of noise insulation measures is very important um, it, and it does go beyond building control um, where you have got a tight condition like this um, it, it's not something we normally do due to resources with all these developments but with a sensitive site like this it is possible to 
actually find out whether the condition has been complied with. Um, going on to Councillor Ranger's point about the noise assessment, um, we, we have said that we prefer um, a, a 24-hour assessment, but it, it's, not, it's not critical. The, um, the, the difference in the two surveys or, or the um, critique by the consultant employed by the residents, um, it didn't raise issues which showed that the initial noise assessment was so seriously flawed as to warrant another assessment. They're really quite minor um, uh, flaws with the original assessment. Ultimately, it's the levels at the site which are important. And if you look at those against current guidance, um, it does show that, that the, the, the committee would be unwise to reject this application on noise grounds. Um, and current guidance just it is in favour of development and uh, refers all the time to mitigation against noise effects. I'm sorry, but, it, but it's um, very much um, a soft opinion that we've got here rather than hard facts. At least when I, I, I made a similar point on the first application, I said uh, that um, I, I, I was wrong in, in many ways for doing that, that the report uh, did, did turn up and we are, we, we are acting on that. I feel this is very much a parallel that we need to see a proper report before we can, uh, before we can make a decision and I again propose deferment for that. Is there a seconder for that proposal? Councillor Fairbrass. Thank you. We'll go to the vote on whether this matter should be deferred for the production of a full report. Would that be the correct wording? Thank you. All those in favour of deferment, please show. Three. Those against deferment, please show. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, extensions? One extension. Thank you. So we won't defer the matter today for that reason. We will try and find a way forward. We have a proposal. What? No, I'm There hasn't been a decision today. Thank you. We are going to continue with our meeting in your absence then. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, where were we? We had a, pr a proposal for approval. We had a... No, we did we not? Sorry. Proposal and a second. You just had a proposal, proposal and a second to defer to approval. Which was lost. And you go back to the proposal. Yes. Right. Now, any further comments by anybody before we vote on that? 
Of the I'm afraid so, yes. I've got one. I'm afraid. Um, the more I, yes. the more I uh, think about Rose. all of this, um, I wonder if there is some way in which I can add my voice to the uh, deferment. Um, I don't feel No, not now. No, okay, all right. Well, no. see what happens next. Right. Um, I'm not going to go back over the old ground that they uh, aired. That's not part of it. Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. So I'm not going to go over old ground either. Uh, the air quality report actually is in amongst the documents. It's uh, at least I found one. I don't think it relates to Stansted Airport. I think it does relate to this case, uh, and I've been ploughing through it. And it seems to have put measuring uh, microphones and things in the right sort of places. I mean, there is a substantial report on this already. Um, uh, hence my question earlier about making sure it, it actually takes place, that the measures are implemented, because otherwise we're just wasting our time even talking about it if they're ignored. That, that's, that really is my point. And we, our revised condition does that. Fine. Thank you. Well, in the absence of further comments, I think we'll go to the vote. There's a recommendation for approval. Uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Councillor Fairhurst. Yep. Sorry, Mr Chairman. Um, perhaps what we could do is ask for an amendment on this process to, to include some sort of um, prop full assessment of sound as a, as a completely different proposal. Um, I'm, I'm, Mr Chairman, I'm troubled. I sit here today at the pleasure of the people. Our objective, of course, is to do a, a, an effective job in terms of policy of housing. But our first obligation is to the residents themselves. And if there are lots of noise out there, people, if this is a controversial thing, it doesn't mean we must be must combat them. It's, uh, we have had comments about there should be a slanging match. They are our paymasters. We are here on their behalf. If there's that much angst, we should do everything we can to try and solve those problems and at least try and convince them, not just process, but proceed ahead with policy. Otherwise, we'd be sitting in the middle of, a, of, of an under-democratic environment. This is a long saga on this site, and there have been two appeals, judicial reviews, and they keep coming up with the same objections that have been overruled. So that's why I made the point of saying we don't want to go back over issues that have been settled. There is an outline planning consent for residential development on this site. What we approved last time was a full detailed application, not an outline application. It was full. It was different from the outline application in, in as much as it was less. And therefore, what came before us today was an issue over the noise survey validity. That has been explained by our environmental health officer that on examination, taking into account the points raised by the residents, which were considered reasonable in the terms of what the applicant had provided, we've reviewed what the residents' view was and our environmental health officer said it would be sound for us to reinforce the condition we took previously. And that's what we're voting on. The residents have had their say. We are making the decision. 
So let's go to the vote, please. Sorry. I, I understand that. As I understand Sorry, Mr. You. Chair, I thought there was no discussion after a, propose, a proposal. And no, we can't. We, it's, can we do that? It's deferment, we can't. But All right, in okay. Because it just seemed to be a bit long. In theory, long, we then? should get the proposal in the second that's, round. That's what I thought. discussions no. underway. But okay, thank anyway. you. Yes, Councillor Fairhurst. The point really is about, is about the detail, not, not the substance. I'm saying that, for example, what I heard today, the officer said um, that the con it was considered we could do a complete assessment. I, I presume that's the 2000 assessment they're talking about. But in consideration, we thought it wouldn't make much of a difference. It does make a difference. It makes a difference because the people here, the residents, our, 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 our voters, have expressed a very serious consideration. If it's controversial, we should address it. We should try and at least bring them round to our way of thinking instead of a rule on these decisions, minor though they may be. Councillor Mills. Um, I hear what Councillor Fairhurst is saying, but I think that we have to recognise that we have to trust the professionals. Um, I did read the Sharps report and I did read the Air Acoustic report. Basically, they're 80% similar. There is, you know, the, the degree of difference is on the method of measuring and a few points. And as such, the officers are saying that these can be mitigated with sound repression and insulation systems. And that's enough for me. We just can't drill down, I don't think, beyond that sort of detail. That's my own opinion anyway. Thank you. The, the condition does state levels that have got to be dealt with, and that system for dealing with those has got to be approved by us before construction. Right. We're going to go to the vote. Could I have a vote, please? Yes, certainly, uh, Councillor Lodge. We, that's quite acceptable. Proposer, we? Yeah, we've got a proposal by Councillor Chambers and a seconder by Councillor Lachlan. Oh, the other way around then, vice versa. <laughs> proposed by Councillor Lachlan, seconded by Councillor Chambers. There's a recorded vote. When your name is called, please say yes in favour of approval and no in favour of rejection. Or, or abstention. Or abstention, yes, of course. Thank you. Councillor Chambers. Yes. Councillor Davy. Yes. Councillor Fairhurst. No. Councillor Freeman. Yes. Uh, Councillor Lodge. No. Uh, Councillor Lockland. Yes. Councillor Mills. Yes. Councillor Ranger. Yes. Councillor Riles. Yes. Seven, four, two against. So that matter is approved and the previous decision is reinforced. Thank you. Moving on to item six, appeal decisions. Uh, Mrs Oliver, have you got anything to point out to us? You are excused, Councillor Chambers. Thank you. Anything any, med any member needs to know about appeal decisions? No? Fine, thank you. They're noted. And so we have no urgent business to attend to, so I'm going to declare the meeting closed at... 4.37. Thank you very much for your attendance and patience.